It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Once again, we welcome all of our listeners. And again, we want to express our appreciation for you being here and wanting to learn more from God's Word. That means a great deal to us. We consider this a ministry in which we are striving to teach the Bible more accurately, more effectively, more in-depth, so that you can understand it better and realize how well it applies to your daily life on a common sense basis. And in so doing, our bottom line goal is to bring God glory, to teach his word accurately and effectively to as many people as we possibly can. And we certainly do consider this ministry the opportunity to be here each day and search the scriptures as a great blessing, giving us the opportunity to serve God in this way. And again, we're so thankful for each one of you who listen. We know that many of you are listening on a daily basis or nearly so because we've heard from you over and over again. And others listen frequently as you have the opportunity. Still others listen less frequently because they don't have as much opportunity. And then there are always those who are listening for the very first time. We're thankful for all of you, our first-time listeners and our daily listeners and everyone in between. We're thankful to have this opportunity to reach out to you with God's Word and, again, to try to help you understand better what His Word really teaches and as we do so, our prayer is that your faith in God is growing deeper and stronger. As we keep emphasizing in the program, and this is just basic to what the Bible teaches, it should be something that kind of opens our eyes and our understanding and makes sense to us and really enriches the teachings of the Bible. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. I know that a lot of people are confused to some extent and in one way or another as to what faith is or how it comes about. Some people think it's a gift that God bestows upon certain people, but then some people don't have faith. So why would God give the vital gift of faith, absolutely vital to our salvation, to some people and not to others? Well, the scriptures again teach us that it is not a gift from God in the sense that he bestows it upon some people and then withholds it from others, but rather it is a belief that develops within us as we come to read God's word, understand it properly, and make the proper applications to our lives. That's what faith really is. Again, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And as your faith in God grows stronger and deeper and fuller, then you should be coming closer to God. That is our prayer also. And ultimately, our prayer is that you will come to God all the way, His way, through Jesus Christ, His Son, and your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him openly, and surrendering to Him in baptism, at which point the blood that He shed on the cross is still 100% absolutely effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And then you can begin to live that new life in Christ, that reborn life, that life that is pointed toward heaven and is committed to serving him daily. Our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you. We're going to get back into our study in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to remind you that you can receive a free Bible study that we send out through the regular mail. 
We always offer it. It's always free. We'll even take care of the postage. It can really help you in your walk toward heaven, your walk with God. It can really help you understand just what that walk should be and how you can be with God and Christ for eternity in heaven. Again, the study is free. It's right from the scriptures, easy to understand. All you have to do is contact us and ask for it. We don't want you to send us anything for it. We never charge anybody for studying God's word. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready at the end of the program today. We'll tell you how you can contact us and ask for that free Bible study. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. And again, it's for free and we offer and we will take care of the postage as well. So be ready to jot down that information in just a little while. We're going to get back into our study asking the question, what should we do? And this question is focused on what should we do in the face of criticism? Now criticism can come from all kinds of different directions, and it's a normal feature of life in this world. Some criticism, as we've pointed out, is constructive. It really is helpful if we stop and take it in the right light. Somebody simply is trying to show us a better way or pointing out a mistake so that it can be corrected. They're not coming at us with any kind of malice or ill intent. They simply want to point out this needs to be corrected. And they're doing so probably in a pretty positive way. That's constructive criticism. It actually ends up helping us do better. Sometimes criticism is neutral. Maybe it is made without much firsthand knowledge or concern and mainly is a comment about something that somebody has observed. They may not even mean it to be directed toward us. They may not, be, they may not know that we're the ones who did whatever it is that they're simply making a point about. But then there's that, des that destructive criticism, and that's criticism that is intended to point out error or a problem with the intent of doing emotional hurt or even possibly damaging one's integrity and reputation. Now, this is offered, or maybe I should say leveled, from a heart that is impure. It's not right. It's a very negative kind of criticism, and it's usually born out of a bad motive. And motive is really uh, largely in view as to whether criticism is positive, constructive, or destructive. Motive. And this mo the, the motive behind destructive criticism is very negative. It's meant to hurt. Now, what should a Christian do when confronted with destructive criticism? about his faith, about anything in his life, just life in general, just how he's doing, maybe his person. You know, some people are, are critical because they're jealous of the person whom they're criticizing. And so they naturally level destructive criticism because they want to hurt that person or tear that person down in the, in the image or the, in the eyes of somebody else. They want to do them hurt in some way, damage their reputation, tear down their good standing before others. That's really horrible motive. Well, first, whenever criticism 
is offered or leveled against us, we really need to stop and assess the basis for that criticism. Now, not the motive. The motive may be terrible or it may be good, but the basis may be accurate. That is, the basis of what the criticism is criticizing. So we need to stop and examine ourselves. We've talked about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, where the Apostle Paul tells us that we need to examine ourselves uh, on an ongoing basis. He says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? Now, he's focusing upon a very specific application of this self-examination principle. But the principle can be applied in a broad-based fashion. And so when somebody criticizes us about something in our lives, or maybe just criticizes us generally, we need to stop and ask ourselves, is the basis of what they're saying, what they're being critical about, is that valid? Do I really have that problem? Have I really acted in that way? Am I really that kind of person? Whatever the criticism might be about. Well, once we've done that, and especially if we are receiving negative criticism or destructive criticism, especially if the motive is bad, but regardless of the motive and and regardless of the basis for the criticism, there are some principles that we would do well to apply in our response or reaction to that criticism. And this will really help us in life. We've been going through these. They're listed in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 16. Now, they're not really focused specifically in this text on how do you respond to being criticized. But once again, the principle can be applied to what we're talking about, to our subject. So in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. For if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will reap coals of fire on his head. I'm sorry, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, here are several points that Paul brings out in this particular text as to steps that we can take, as to a mindset that we can incorporate to guide us in responding to whatever evil might be leveled against us, or in the case that we're looking at in this particular study, whatever criticism might be offered, or if it's destructive, leveled against us. So once we've stopped and we've assessed the basis for the criticism, Am I really that way? Did I really do that? Do I really need to correct whatever this is that I'm being criticized over? Once we've assessed that, then how do we respond in a Christian manner? 
Well, Paul says in verse 16, do not set your mind on high things. We should not be high-minded, seeking prestige and glory, and basically acting like a snob. We need to not be arrogant or puffed up. He goes on and he says, associate with the humble. Well, we do need to associate. We need to make friends with, be kind toward those of more humble means than ourselves. We need to display proper humility and demeanor and character as a Christian. Once again, we don't need to be arrogant. We don't need to kind of set ourselves up above others. That is arrogance, and that's ungodly. He goes on and he says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Well, the idea is conceited. Do not be conceited. Don't get carried away with your sense of self-importance. We need to recognize that God has blessed us with whatever abilities and means that we enjoy. And so if we have great talent, don't think that you've done that all on your own. God blessed you with that great talent. And James chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us exactly that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Talking about God, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. All of that, everything good in our lives is from God. Paul goes on and he says, repay no one evil for evil. Well, an instinctive reaction on our part from a human perspective is to get back at whoever might be getting at us. Well, Paul says don't do that. Don't seek revenge or try to hurt the person who hurt you. Responding with such, well, with such strength of restraint takes courage and probably a good deal of practice. But we need to be careful to follow God's guideline. If we strike out in a vengeful kind of way, we could end up doing a whole lot more harm to ourselves, and especially eternally so, than we do to whoever it is that we're trying to get back at. Well, next Paul says in verse 18, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Again, this is difficult because we have a whole lot of unpeaceful people out there. We have a whole lot of people who are, oh, maybe we could even say it, some of them are just plain evil, at least in their mindset and in their actions. But there are a lot of people who are very provocative. They, they seem to want to stir up trouble. They seem to thrive on controversy. I've described such individuals in the past as, you know, they're ready to fight at the drop of a hat. And they carry a hat around just, in, just so they can be ready to drop it and get into a fight of some kind. And I don't mean necessarily a physical altercation, but they thrive on controversy and argumentation and, and those kinds of things. We want to stay away from those kinds of people or at least be a positive influence on them. So Paul says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Don't be provocative. And here's a good kind of descriptive uh, terminology 
to deal with such people. Defuse the explosiveness of wrath by dismantling the bomb of anger. You know, an argument is a contest. It's not communication, not real communication. It's a contest. And what's the object of a contest? To win. And so when people get into an argument with you, they start calling you names or pointing fingers, start trying to criticize you, and especially if they do so unjustly, then it's easy to become angry and then get into a big argument with them. And that anger, if it's left uncontrolled, can explode into wrath. And then that wrath can lead to all kinds of violence, in some cases even physical altercations and murder. We don't want to let the devil win by taking over our emotions, or maybe I should say surrendering our emotions to him. Remember what Jesus said in the Beatitudes toward the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, as recorded in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The peacemakers. Isn't that a great thought? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And the Hebrews writer talks about this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. He says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, that word pursue is very active. It's not just the idea of wishing for peace or desiring peace, or even liking peace. But he says, go after it. Pursue it. Do what you can do. Be active in trying to bring about peace. Well, Paul says again there in verse 18 of Romans chapter 12, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible, be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. I realize that with some people, it's not possible to live peaceably with them. They don't have that mindset of peace. You can see that in some of the historical accounts of world leaders in days gone by. We might even see that in, in some of the perspectives we can see in, from present-day world leaders or people in very... Uh, uh, authoritative or prestigious or uh, influential positions in our world today. But we need to be the examples. We need to be the peacemakers. We need to pursue peace and hopefully have a positive influence on others around us. Well, Paul goes on and he says, do not avenge yourselves in verse 19. Do not avenge yourselves. Let God take care of settling any score that needs settling. After all, God is your best bodyguard. He is your biggest friend. I know I had a time when I was just a little boy, really, probably about eight years old or so. And I was feeling threatened and I, I wanted to, to, to get after this certain guy who 
who was either beating me up or hitting me or, or maybe he just kind of continually uh, you know, ex- exerted his physical strength and ability over me. And I, I had a big brother who was way older than me and way older than this kid. The kid was really my buddy. But we weren't getting along right then. And I wanted my brother to go beat him up or be with me and take care of him. Well, that was a childish kind of wish. And my brother pretty quickly and and rather tactfully let me know he couldn't do that. He couldn't do that. Little boys, little kids, they are not mature. They don't have the wisdom of years. And they want vengeance. But we need to let God take care of settling the score. God knows what the real situation is, and God knows how to take care of things. And I know that that we feel like there's inequity at times. Somebody got away with something against us. We don't like that. But God knows what really happened. And he knows what needs to be done. We don't need to become violent. We don't need to become vengeful in trying to settle a score or bring somebody to justice because we feel like they wronged us and we're going to get back at them and make them pay. If you're not careful, your very attitude will show ungodliness on your part. Again, we need to be the examples We need to set the standard, so to speak, on the human level. God has already set the standard on the spiritual level, and we need to follow his lead. Our time is just about up, so we're going to stop and park here. We'll come back and continue this study next time. Now, in just a moment, as I said earlier, we're going to give you the information by which you can contact us, and you can receive that free Bible study, and it will help you live your life in a godly way, in a pleasing way before God. It will show you how you can be with him for eternity, saved in Jesus Christ. Jot down that information and contact us right away. Won't you?